Hey guys, so I'm out here uh, enjoying this nice weather and I start thinking about the kingdom of God. Now this is a, a topic, I'm actually going to start a series on this uh, because I, I believe in this hour this is the answer. The answer is the kingdom of God. The answer to what? You say uh, the answer, the political answer. Uh, it is the, the health answer. It is the like it, it is the answer to everything and I think that what's happened is uh, you know we have so much entertained all the problems that we never really got around it to, to actually answering the question and so in a nutshell uh, the answer is the kingdom of God it's funny because Jesus when he came on the scene first thing he did is he started to preach the kingdom of God is at hand that's that was Jesus primary message uh, it wasn't about sin it wasn't about uh, you know how to live a, a better life or be a better you or uh, it wasn't a bunch of uh, you know it just cut straight through to the problem and you know I, I've said this before uh, there was a lot of there was a lot of different groups of people within uh, the the Jewish community a uh, different groups different sectors if you will we call them sects like S-E-C-T S and like for instance there was the there was the Pharisees there was the Sadducees there were the Essenes there were the Zealots and you know each one of them stood for something different within the Jewish community and yet Jesus didn't come confirm any of them you know uh, you see the Pharisees they were very hyper religious they they believed in the the letter of the law Moses was their you know was their uh, their faithful leader and they didn't they didn't have, have room for anything else except what Moses said. Uh, the Bible says that Moses came bringing the law, but Jesus came preaching grace and truth. And so this puts the two really at odds with each other because one is talking grace and truth while the other is speaking of law. And so we have this, the Sadducees. The Sadducees group, uh, they were kind of your, your noblemen. They were basically very uh, uh, kind of educated, very logical thinkers. They didn't believe in the resurrection. It didn't make sense. And so, and they believed in, you know, basically just politically keeping peace through political means. And so you also had, uh, you know, the, the Essenes. The Essenes, man, they didn't mess with nobody. They basically, they, they didn't, they didn't uh, you know, they, they didn't hang out with people. They, they, they stayed out. They were like uh, out in the, in the desert, you know. They were kind of like, uh, almost like Bedouins, if you will. They just, they just didn't, didn't shake it up with people because they just... You know, they, they look for the coming of the Lord, but they, they separate themselves. Kind of like today, like, uh, you know, like maybe Amish or something like that. They just don't really mess with people. They just kind of like, you know, we're not going to become a part of the secular crowd. You know, they saw everything going in, in, in the, the way of corruption. And so they stayed to themselves. And the zealots, on the other, on the other hand, they just were rebels. They were, man, we can, we're going to fight and we're going we're gonna to raise up a resistance. And you can see these people today. I mean, you know, if you were to parallel today, we know that the hyper-religious is a lot of them people, man. That's like they taking that word and they got that Bible and they're saying, you know, you're going to hell. You're going to hell. You know, that's the bad news. But the gospel is good news. So, like, we know the bad news, but nobody knows the good news. You know, I was raised in church and I mean, I never heard that Jesus loves you like he loved God loves you we you know we, we quoted uh, John three sixteen, but we really didn't get into the good good news like right the Bible, the Bible calls the kingdom of God message the gospel of the kingdom that means the good news of the kingdom 
And it's not good if it's not good, right? You can't call it gospel if it's not good news. And here Jesus is. He didn't come in. He didn't say, hey, you know, I'm, you know, I see what you Pharisees are doing. Yeah, I'm with y'all. You know what I'm saying? And he didn't say Sadducees, I believe in what you're doing or Zealots or Essenes or any of them groups like that. He came presenting a totally different like agenda, a totally different answer because those things had been around and none of them produced peace. And so I'm saying today, if you parallel today, you know, in hyper religion, you're not going to find no peace. I mean, they reeling just like everybody else. They're looking around saying COVID-19, what are we going to do? When are we going to get back into our buildings? And, you know, I, you know, hey, we don't even look like we got the answer, you know. So is that the answer? No, they, you know, the world was in as much chaos in Jesus' day as it is today. You say, well, it's different now than it was then. No, it's the same, if not worse. I mean, we had openly demon-possessed people that was hanging out in the synagogues because there was no fear of being in the synagogue. I mean, we had people that were, we had, the poverty rate was crazy. There was no health care plan. They didn't have any answers. They said they begged for a living, and you, and it had to be part of the law that you give alms, you know, and because that was the way that you, you showed your love to God is by giving alms. And I'm saying, like, man, today is the same. It's the same. We got people out there, and we, we got our fists raised, and we're saying, hey, let's rise up. Let's fight. Let's fight. And we're using our pulpits to fight from because we've not entertained Jesus' original message. He came preaching the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God, man? What is it? It's an entirely new, an entirely different nation. You know, when I go, I've been in, I've been around the world, uh, man, literally. I mean, I can name off a dozen places that we've been all over the world. And, you know, we, when we went there. You know, uh, Wesley Berry used to tell us, Pastor Wesley used to tell us, I mean, don't try to Americanize people. Man, people are proud to be who they are. They're, they're culture. They're proud of their culture. They're proud of their food. And what we want to do is we want to get there and we want to teach them how to eat hamburgers. And we want to teach them how to cook American food. We want to teach them how to, uh, you know, we want to teach them about prosperity. Like some of those messages are actually like the stuff that we preach here. It, if it can't be preached across around the world, Wesley said this one time. He said, if it can't be preached around the world, then it's probably not even a it's probably not even a real doctrine. It's not even part of the kingdom. You can't go into a, an impoverished place and say to them, "Hey, you know, the prosperity. You know, God's gonna bless you with Cadillacs." And and it just doesn't work. It doesn't work unless it is ministered from the perspective of the kingdom of God. Because what happens is like, even though they're in a tyrannical nation that 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 their their government is 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 on the take their government is constantly like robbing from the people to to build themselves up we've been in we've been in countries like this man everybody's on the take i mean i'm telling you to the point where like you know you got your public officials the people that should be serving the community them the guys they're coming to you saying hey you know uh you got to give us some money so that we don't throw you in jail this is happening i mean this just this is normal right this is just because that's just that's just that nation. Well, the nations of the world are all like that, including America. I mean, we're guilty of some of the same things because when it comes down to it, like we serve, we serve self. But the kingdom of God is totally different. So I go in those foreign countries. I don't try to Americanize them. I try to, I try to introduce them to the kingdom. Because why? Because if I can change your citizenship, I can change your circumstance. Am I going to make you wealthy and have Cadillacs? No, I don't have that now. But, but I can tell you one thing. God becomes my provider. 
even in the even in the meager things that I have, even the meager things that they have there, God becomes their provider. He becomes the one that gives them what they need when they need it. They'll never, you know, David said in the scriptures in the Old Testament, he said, I'm, I was young and now I'm old and I've never seen the righteous forsaken and even their, neither their children begging for bread. I've never seen that before. Like I've never seen people starve to death that, that, that were, that belonged to God. And I'm telling you, like, if you've starved to death, then you've got a case. But I know if you're listening to this, you haven't. And even though it looks like you don't know what you're going to eat today, you're going to make it. Why? Because Jesus, Jesus is your king. You know, I tell people, my man, my, you know, my answer's not in the White House. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm not saying that to try to, I'm just saying, I'm trying to direct you back to the kingdom. I'm trying to be political here because I am, I am, I am the least political person. Matter of fact, I preach against politic, politicizing the gospel. And I'm talking about, that means picking a side and this Democrat, Republican, this group, that group. I don't even, I don't even go there because you know what? It's anti-Christ. Because anytime Jesus is not the center of it and you find a substitute, then you have abandoned Christ. So we have really moved into something that is not under the covering of the kingdom of God. So Jesus came preaching the kingdom of God. Matter of fact, he says to his disciples, he says, go out, preach the kingdom. He said, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers raise the dead freely you have received freely you give freely you receive freely give so it's a free gift this gospel of the kingdom is a free gift it's not just a message that comes with no with no tangibility it's not a message that has no evidence it's a message that comes with power as a matter of fact in uh first corinthians 4:20, it says the kingdom of god is not in word but it's in power now, I, got, I know instantly my mind says there's people asking the question, like, where is this kingdom? Okay, so you're saying the kingdom of God is here right now? Like, like, like how, where? Like, where is it at? You know, they asked Jesus the same question. They asked him this question in, in uh, Luke chapter uh, 17, verse 20 and 21. Jesus is talking about the kingdom so much. And producing evidence because the people are getting healed, people are getting delivered, people are getting, uh, are, are getting uh, the dead is being raised. And they come to Jesus and they say, where is this kingdom? As a matter of fact, I think it was the Pharisees that, cha that challenged him in it. And they said, where is the kingdom? Where is this kingdom? And Jesus said, the kingdom of God will not come with observation. In other words, you won't physically be able to see it. And you won't say, oh, look, here it is over here. Oh, wait a minute. There it is over there. He said, but behold, the kingdom of God is within you. And so while some were looking for the Messiah to show up, they were, they were also deceived by the fact that they thought that he would show up and produce a physical kingdom that would put, it, that would put down the tyranny of the Romans that were there. And so they were looking for a physical kingdom. And when Jesus didn't come producing the physical kingdom, a lot of them abandoned him because of that. And so, but Jesus came to make citizens. You know, what we want is we want somebody to do the work for us. But we don't want to, we don't want to be empowered to do the work. You know, I like what a guy said. He said this. He said, um, Jesus didn't come and die to get you into heaven, just to get you into heaven, but to get heaven into you. Do you know that he didn't die to get you into the kingdom, but he died to put the kingdom inside of you? Because when the kingdom come, just like in Matthew chapter 6, uh, verse 9, Jesus is telling him, he said, hey, listen, when you pray, pray this way. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. For what purpose? That your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, so when it came, it would produce the evidence of its existence, even though it's not observable to see the, the realm. Because the kingdom of God is a is operating in an unseen realm. It's not being it's not something something you see visually, but you should see evidence. And so I say to people, I said, man, if what you're hearing is not producing any proof, then how do you know that it really exists? You know, I know I got a brain because my mind is working and and and, and it's opera. I can't see the brain, but I know it's there. I know the kingdom of God is within me, and when the kingdom of God is within me, then it begins to produce power. That's what that's what First Corinthians four twenty says. Produces power. Matter of fact, I wrote this spoken word. I'm just going to do this right now because I'm thinking about this. I wrote a spoken word and it was just a kind of a play on 420. I don't know if you guys know about 420. But if you don't, just stay saved. All right. <laughs> but 420, it goes like this. It's about time. It's 420 right on the dot. And while you're sitting around debating, I'm out here serving the block. I got my hands to the plow and I'm putting in work. And while you're trying to get to heaven, I'm trying to bring it to earth. See, I got love for this block, for these thugs on the block. I'm trying to get them something stronger than these drugs on the block. Christians are doing a lot of talking, but ain't nothing being seen. Sinners are thirsting for that hope, begging God like a fiend. Why not pray on the block? Why not feed on the block? Why not get some good news and sow some seed on the block? Christ came and served the masses, but wasn't served by any. He took his blood and gave it all as a ransom for the men. Free is free, free indeed. It wouldn't cost you nary a penny. I think it's time we see some power. 1 Corinthians 4.20. 1 Corinthians 4.20 says, The kingdom of God is not in word. We're doing a lot of talking, man, but ain't nothing being seen. We've got sinners that are thirsty for hope. And they're begging God like fiends. And we have, we have a responsibility to produce it. But we're not preaching the kingdom. So that's the thing. That's the, so I say, what is the answer in this moment? The answer in this moment is the kingdom of God. So this leads me to my next question. People say, where is the kingdom? Jesus said it's within you, right? And he says, when it comes, the will of God will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So if there's no sickness in heaven, then I can manifest no sickness on earth around me in the space that I'm in. Like when I lay hands on the sick, I am, I am, I am praying for them and delivering the power of God is, is because, listen, you're umbilically connected. If you're a believer, if you believe in Jesus Christ and he's your savior, you are umbilically connected to, the, to heaven, and so, therefore, the power of God flows through you and it should flow. It flows into you and it should flow through you into people and it should change people in your worship. You shouldn't be praying in the presence of God. You should be releasing the presence of God from the inside. You should be opening the veil and releasing the presence of God. And this is an entirely different concept because people don't think like this. This is not how people think. They think that God is out here and we are calling him in. We are calling for the provision of God to come to us and not releasing what is already ours that came in the kingdom. So my question is, is this. It leads me to another question. And I'm trying not to make this thing too long because I'm going to do this in, in, in baby steps because there's a whole lot here. The question is, did the kingdom of God ever come? That's the question. Did the kingdom of God ever show up? Jesus said, uh, Jesus said that the kingdom of God to pray that it would come. That's what that's what your Lord's Prayer is. We pray the Lord's Prayer, but we read right over that. Pray this way, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. We keep right on going, but we miss the fact that Jesus said, Pray that the kingdom come. And the question is, did it ever come? And if it came. Where is it at now? How did it come? I, I want to deal with how. How did the kingdom of God come? When it came, how did it come? Well, I look at Romans chapter 14, verse 7. And 
uh, verse 17, I'm sorry, Romans uh, chapter 14, verse 17. And Paul is talking to the Romans and he tells them, he says, uh, the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Now, slow that, roll that back for a minute. The kingdom of God is not about food. It's not about what you eat, don't eat. But it's about righteousness, peace, and joy. But where is it? It's in the Holy Ghost. So, okay, so Jesus, let's go, let's go back to where Jesus is. Okay, now Je back to where he's baptized. So here Jesus is. He's done no miracles, no signs, no wonders, just no evidence. And you say, well, wait a minute. What about when he was little? You don't know if he did miracles or not. Yes, I know for a fact he didn't do miracles there before, before this event. What is the event? The event is that when he went into the River Jordan and, and John baptized him, the Bible says that the Spirit of God descended upon him like a dove, right? And so after the Spirit of God descended upon him, he goes into the wilderness. There he's, he's fasting and he's tempted the devil 40 days. And he comes out and he goes into Nazareth and he opens up the scroll where, where we would call Isaiah 61. And he begins to reveal something. He says, Behold, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me. To preach the gospel to the poor, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach deliverance to the captive, recovering sight to the blind, to mend the brokenhearted, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And so, what did he say happened? Behold, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he hath anointed me. So we knew that when the Spirit of God came upon him in the river Jordan, some 40 days before, then what came upon him was an anointing to do what? To minister to people. To, to preach the gospel to the poor, to set at liberty to them their bruise, recovering a sight to the blind, to mend the brokenhearted, uh, to, to uh, mend the brokenhearted, uh, deliverance to the captive, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And so, this same thing, now the kingdom has come to him. That's what the devil was after. You remember when he was in the, tempted in the wilderness, in the wilderness back, back before, before he's read this? Between the time he's baptized, he's in the wilderness out there, 40 days. And the devil comes and first thing he does, he goes after his identity. If you be the son of God, then do these things. But look, here's a king. He knew Jesus was a king who had, been, who had just received the kingdom. Why? Because the kingdom of God is within the Holy Ghost. According to Romans chapter 14, verse 17, it's not meat and drink, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And so he knew that he was a king. And so the temptation was that here's a king that has no food. So turn this stone into bread. And Jesus re rebuts it with the word. And then the next place, he takes him up on a temple. And he says, hey, listen, throw yourself down so everybody sees you. The angels, isn't it written? The angels will bear you up unless you dash your foot against the stone. And here he is. We've got, a, we've got a, a king who has no food and he has no subjects, meaning nobody even knows who he is. He doesn't even have anybody under him. How can he be a king? So this is a temptation. Jesus like, nobody knows me. Here I am. I'm a broke king out here in the wilderness. <laughs> and the last one, he takes him up on an exceedingly high mountain and he shows him all the kingdoms of the world. And he says, if you bow down and worship me, I'll give these to you. And Jesus says, it is written, thou shalt have no other gods before me. And so here is a king, no food, no subjects, and no actual physical kingdom. But Jesus knew who he was. And so... Here Jesus comes and the kingdom of God had come and it had entered into him. See, Jesus wasn't baptized under repentance. He was actually baptized uh, unto to fulfill righteousness. Remember uh, when he, he went to be baptized by John? John says, no, I need to be baptized by you. Like I can't even unstrap your sandals. He says, no, let's do this that we might fulfill all righteousness. 
Jesus didn't need to repent. He didn't need to change or turn, turn course. He was the king of the kingdom that, that John was preaching about. There's one coming after me. See, so I'm saying to you, the kingdom of God came in Jesus. And when it came in Jesus, Jesus began to manifest it. And then he began to deputize disciples. You know what deputizing means? It's kind of like the Barney Fife thing. Like, you know, I'm going to put this, put this badge on and I'm going to send you out there under my authority. And you're going to be do this works in my name. Anybody ask you, tell them I'm doing it, but I'm doing it. I was, I was, or I was deputized by Jesus to do this. Right. And so he said, go out, preach the king, preach the good news of the kingdom, preach the gospel of the kingdom, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers. He said, freely you've received, freely give. In other words, don't charge nobody for this. This is good news. It's supposed to be free. It comes by grace. And so he went out and they began to do those things. Matter of fact, he sent 70 others out and they went out. When they come back rejoicing, Lord, even the demons obey us in your name. And Jesus said, listen, it ain't even about the power that's being demonstrated. It's the fact that your name is written in the kingdom of the kingdom of heaven. So that's what's important. So it did come. It came with the Holy Spirit for Jesus by himself solo until he was crucified and raised from the dead. And then it came in Acts, uh, the book of Acts, chapter two. And when it came, it came with the Holy Spirit. Because what did Jesus tell him in Acts 1.8? He says, after the Holy Spirit comes up on you, just like it did him in the River Jordan by John the Baptist, after the Spirit of God comes up on you, you shall receive power. What's that power look like? It looks like everything they've been demonstrating in the past. The kingdom of God came. It came with the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. This is the promise of the Father. Jesus said in another place, that it is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom we can't be oblivious to its existence because why nobody's I think we've gotten a lot of teaching that's kind of like you know been kind of radically off in some areas like just in a ditch over here or in a ditch over here and as a result we get a bad taste in our mouth when we hear certain things and we just shut it down but how can you shut down the very message of Jesus you got to figure out where they've gotten off and you got to find out there's actually life in the confusion so you need to study for yourself. Why was this Jesus' primary message? What did Jesus come preaching? The kingdom of God. He didn't preach against sin. I'm going to tell you this, and this is getting way ahead of myself, but I'm going to tell you this. When you demonstrate the power of God, you don't have to preach against sin because sin is just me trying. I'm walking the fringes trying to keep from falling over. into. In, in, I'm trying to keep from falling down into sin. Where if my focus is there, then I'm always walking the line. But if I realize there's a higher place, there's a higher place to go to. There's a there's a demonstration. There is a there is a, a place where we look like Jesus, where we look like the sons and daughters of God. And when we walk there, when we're striving for that, man, like the stuff that you used to be tied down to, man, you just let that go because it ain't even worth it. You think Jesus preached against sin with his disciples? He didn't need to. No, he demonstrated power. And they were so they were so enamored and so because he didn't say to them, listen, these works that I do, don't try them at home. I'm God and you're not. No, he said, these things that I do, you shall do in greater works because I go to the father. Because he knew the day he went home, the day that he would be crucified and he would go and be with the father. He would sit down on the right hand of the father and the Holy Spirit would be sent. And when the Holy Spirit was sent, he would be sent to them to become like him. That's the kingdom of God come. That's the kingdom of God come. And it's free. It ain't about working. You don't even have to tarry for it anymore. Well, I know that's going to go against a lot of people's theology. But, you know, he made them tarry because it had not yet been sent. So in order for it to initially be sent, they had to wait for it. He said, tarry ye in Jerusalem until you be endued with power. 
And after the Holy Ghost comes upon you, you shall receive power. And you shall be witness to me both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. But since then, the Holy Spirit's been here. He's been here for 2,000 years. And all he's been doing is waiting on you to receive him. Waiting on you to invite him in. Just like you, just like you believed and accepted the salvation that Jesus came producing, the Holy Spirit is asking you to come into you. To, come in, to, to allow you to come into him. Or come, come, for him to come into you. Let me get that right. He's, he's waiting on you to ask him to come into you. The Bible says, if your son asks you for bread, will you give him a stone? If he asks you for an egg, will you give him a snake? No. If you then be an evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your father not give the Holy Spirit to them who ask for it? This is scripture. So with the Holy Spirit comes the kingdom. So I'm asking you today, invite him in. Like this is the first step. I can teach you about the, I can teach you about the kingdom. And I can teach you about the power of God. I can tell you testimonies of the power of God operating. This is not, I'm going to tell you right now, this is not one of those things that I'm, I'm not talking to you about something I don't know. I'm telling you about what I know firsthand. And tell you about the devils that are being cast out. Why? Because the power of the king, whatever I bound on earth, like I, I, I can tell you about the times when we, when we were in dangerous situations and, and we came out by the skin of our teeth. I can tell you about those times we laid hands on the sick and seen the sick healed. I can tell you about the prophecies that have gone for where we speak the mind of God to people and have saved their lives from, 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 from disaster and disease. The answer is the kingdom. You won't find it here. The kingdom of God is, your, is, is the, an entirely different nation. It's not the, there's no agenda on earth that will save you in this, in this hour. It won't. Jesus is your king. Either he's going to be your king or you're going to find one in the White House. And that's really what it's come down to. And we got a lot of people, and I mean particularly church people who are, who are confused about this. And I'm, and I'm telling you, you know, Jesus is my, he's my, he's not only my Lord and my Savior, but he's my king. And I say that because uh, we are the kingdom of God on the earth is a disaster relief organization and we're in the midst of that right now it's a crisis relief organization everything Jesus said he was anointed for was a crisis he said what behold the Spirit of the Lord is upon me same reason you've been anointed if you have the Holy Spirit you've been anointed for the same reason Jesus was anointed in Isaiah 61 he says behold the Spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor good news to the poor preach deliverance to the captive recovering of sight to the blind to mend the brokenhearted, deliver, uh, deliverance to the captive, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. You are, are anointed for that same purpose. And the kingdom of God is within you. you need, we, and as we go through this, you're going to see that there are so many facets to this that it will just begin to center you where you should be. And, and, and a lot of the fear that you have, you'll find is completely unfounded. We've seen people with COVID-19 that's been diagnosed. And I mean, like... I'm not trying to downplay because it's killing people. I'm going to be real with you. It's killing people. But the confidence that we have going into this thing, man, it ain't nothing but a common cold to us. And I say that, I'm saying that firsthand. I'm saying we've gone through it like the flu. And it's just, and I'm not saying, I'm saying, I'm saying the fear, if you don't have Jesus, what, what, what hope do you have? Yeah, you might, you should be scared. You really should be scared. There are people with real, it's a real disease and people are really dying from it. But I'm saying to you that Christ 2,000 years ago, he paid a cost. To cover every disease and he didn't leave one out there wasn't a disease yet to be created that he would that he didn't cover when he took stripes for us and i'm saying to you if you're a believer then you need to found yourself and you need to center yourself on christ and not on all the things that you're hearing around you because life and death's in the power of your tongue and the tongues you've been listening to 
And I say that, find your confidence in Him. And God's going to save you, I promise you. I promise you He will. Man, just like you never starved to death, He's been saving you all along. So, I speak blessings to you guys. God bless you. I love you. And, we're, like I said, we're going to do this again. Uh, the next time we're going to talk about the kingdom of God is the inheritance. Because the next thing you need to know is that it's the inheritance that's been given to believers. And so we, 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 we find that the kingdom of God came on the day of Pentecost. And then so I want to say one more thing, because I think that we need to, uh, somebody might, I, I just heard this in the spirit, that there's a, someone that, that would question uh, the validity, validity of the kingdom of God being on earth. Um, in 1 Corinthians 15.50, uh, no, that's not the right one, uh, 1 Corinthians 15.24, um, Paul is talking to them and he tells them, he says, talking about the end. And this is, a, this is something to think about. I'm going to leave you with this. He says this. He says, Then comes the end when he shall have delivered up the kingdom of God, even the Father, when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and power. So my question to you is, if the kingdom of God is heaven and it's up already, why would it need to be delivered up? Like I said, I believe the kingdom of God came on the day of Pentecost. It came in Jesus when he was baptized in the River Jordan. And he produced power and, and produced his first miracle, turning water to wine. And then it came again on the day of Pentecost when it came to all. And, and that's what, that's what uh, Peter said. This is that which Joel spoke of. In the last days, I'll pour my spirit upon all flesh. And it came upon all. And when it came, it came and it's been here for 2,000 years. And we have just not acknowledged it. And we've not walked in it and seen its power but now is the time now is the time to shine and so when the end comes it'll be delivered back up again and so the kingdom of God is is here and it's within you and it's not just in your reach it's in you for them he said the kingdom of God is near it's in your reach but it's in you right now and it came when you received the Holy Spirit so God bless you guys I love you and uh, like I said, we'll, we'll uh, take this up again and we'll, we'll speak about the kingdom of God being your, uh, your inheritance. Amen.